Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Firstly, who is that? a little toddler crunching a lollipop that I actually gave to her at not even 10 o'clock in the morning to try and keep her quiet while we recorded. Oh, gosh, no judgment here. she's sitting on my lap. No judgment here. I've already given mine a a chocolate chip cookie that I got from the coffee shop in Weybridge this morning, and that was at nine uh, nine minutes past nine. How are you feeling after Halloween? Because I woke up this morning and felt like genuinely the worst mother and stepmother in the world because I've got to be honest with you, we did nothing. And I've woken up this morning and I've seen all these photographs and all these bloody videos of all these amazing people like making chocolate fountains and, you know, making devil cupcakes. And it was like, I just, I at 5.30, I looked at my kids, they were so tired. They've all had colds this week. And I just thought, Do you know what? We're not going trick-or-treating. I pulled it and got them in the bath and sent them to bed. And then this morning, Isla was like, it didn't even feel like Halloween in the house, did it yesterday? And I was like, oh God. Oh God. Yeah. Do you know what? To be fair, last year I decorated the yeah. house and I did like loads, but that's because our road really gets behind Halloween. Like right. it's it's like on all the mum Facebook groups and stuff like, oh, go to this road. They all do loads of stuff. Anyway, this year we didn't do any of it. Um, and then on Sunday I made some cupcakes and found some, dis- it was absolutely foul, orange icing. And that was my nod to Halloween okay. this year. All right. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I actually had all the outfits, yeah. everything for them to wear. Gigi point blank refused to dress up until this morning. 
<laughs> and she's currently dressed as a spider. Brilliant. She's finally got on board with it. Just 24 yeah, hours too late. Just too late. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I just feel like there's so much stuff for us to do all the time. And I know that you and I have these conversations because, look, we, we always want to do the best for our kids and we want to take them to the best places and treat them with things. And we just got back from Scotland. We had this amazing half time away and we spent fortunes on like Edinburgh Zoo and we went to East Links Family Park and all this stuff. I got to the end of the week and I just thought, no more. Like no more. You can just keep going and going and going and spending and spending and spending. And um, yeah, I was just selfishly. I wanted to get into bed at ten to seven and um, watch. Oh. Gigi, it's my moment now. Okay, it's, it's, it's my, my time. it's my time now, Gigi. It's mine and Zoe's time. It's not about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? I had the proper half term guilt last week. I went freelance so that I could have the holidays with the kids, and I didn't do that. Yeah. I ended up working. Axel didn't want to go to camp. He said he hated it. Gigi's nursery being closed the week before meant my parents had her the week before so I couldn't exactly palm her off on my parents for 14 days no (laughs) so then I ended up having her trying to arrange babysitters to come during the day it was all a bit of a disaster but I know that I just won't do that again like I just won't Mm, I have to either fully like you know get Axel into a camp that he really wants to go to or I have to just not work. It's only three days. Like I, I could, you know, I should have just done that, really. Yeah, but you're, you're, and and I'll, I'll call you out on this to to everybody listening to me. By my Georgia is never the person that will text and go, "I'm absolutely pulling my hair out. I can't cope with this." It gets to the end of the week, and I go, "Hey, G, how's it going?" No, I'm absolutely I'm having a really shit time doing it. I'm like, "Why didn't you tell anyone?" Like, we can help <laughs> you. We want to be there for you. I mean, I know I can't come and take your kids away. Maybe I could have taken them to Scotland for you. But, yeah, um, actually, yeah. Why didn't you? Do that? What a shit that was friend. really out of order. <laughs> You're a crap friend and business partner. <laughs> but listen, like always, always, and I think this is this is again, this goes back to this whole mum guilt thing where we feel that we have to do everything and we have to do it all and actually sometimes it's impossible and do you know what George the kids probably had an amazing week they probably needed to have a week at home just watching the telly you know playing silly games you know just 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 relaxing yeah do you know what actually on Saturday um after the week of hell we were like just me Axel and Gigi James was out we were like laying on the floor rolling around and I thought actually this is really fun like this is fine Mm. like we didn't need to go out today um but yeah, I did. I did. I did feel quite guilty that they didn't really get to do that much stuff during half term. It's okay, George. Hey-ho. They're great. It's just they're the way fed. Is, they're alive, it? and they've got a smile on their exactly. faces, so it's all fine. Yeah, and they got a lollipop before ten o'clock. So <laughs> I wish I had a bloody lollipop. They're not going to argue, are they? Do you know what? I hopefully the people listening, you guys, will have a smile on your face after you hear today's episode because it was what a treat to sit down with this woman. You are a massive Married at First Sight fan. Obviously, we've had one of the judges of Married at First Sight Australia on. Um, Mel Schilling, who was wonderful. But this, today's guest, one of the contestants. Yeah, and you know what? The the actual, like, full success of the show, like, this couple on the show are... are the ones that really show that it works. Um, you know, we followed their journey. If you did watch it, they were almost had like an instant connection. It was literally married and love at first sight. Wow. I'm so excited about today's who chat. Are we cha- who are we chatting to today, George? <laughs> today we are chatting to George Robinson. Now, a couple of weeks back on the podcast, we had... 
Um, a judge from one of our favourite programmes, Mel Schilling. And then today, another pinch me moment because we've managed to sit down with one of our favourite contestants <laughs> from Married at First Sight Australia. Please welcome to the podcast, Jules Robinson. Oh, thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. I actually listened to that podcast. I listened to it the other week going for a walk. Oh, did you? Amazing. So, Jules, for those who didn't watch Married at First Sight Australia, do you want to just give us a little insight into who you are, maybe what you did before you went on the show and what you do now. Yeah, sure. So uh, Married at First Sight, everyone doesn't know it, is a very uh, crazy leap of faith where you marry a stranger the first time you meet them. And I fortunately met my now husband. I married him again and have a baby. So I was that small percentage that actually gets really lucky and I found the one. So uh, before going on Married at First Sight, which was I guess my last resort, really, not last resort, but I just was doing the dating game. Like I felt like I was the face of Bumble and dating loads and I just moved back (laughs) from London. I lived in London for 14 years, which I loved, and I actually was going to go back to London if it didn't work out on the show. Like I just was like I tried to move back to Sydney and I just wasn't really finding my feet. Um, And that was it really. So I was a hair and makeup stylist. Um, I have done that my whole life. It's in my blood. And I ran a blow-dry bar in Sydney before I went on the TV show. So I had lots of staff and it was an amazing, great experience. And then um, when I came off the show, just, yeah, led me into a different direction and now I run a shapewear line called Figure. So, yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, Let's just talk about the whole process of the show. So, I mean, to marry somebody before you've even seen them, I mean, that moment where you think, yeah, do you know what, I think that's – that's what I'm going to do. How are you sort of feeling in the run up to that? And what were your family thinking? Do you know what? I didn't think about it too much. Like I didn't think past my wedding day. All I did was think about what I want, what I want in someone and filling out the application form was actually, it was really therapeutic because you just sit there and ask yourself all these really deep full on questions. And I actually was that person that auditioned like I actually applied I sent a video of myself going hey I'm a catch <laughs> where's my guy like <laughs> why can't I find him I've searched the whole bloody world and I still can't find him Cam was scouted in a bar drinking with some mates so um yeah so I actually applied for it so my mum didn't take it very well she was just worried I was going to get hurt and I just I didn't have a game plan other than if I didn't like him I'd just leave like that was all that I went into it thinking and just kind of hope for the best so and that was it, really. Swear to God, that was that was all that I thought about. <laughs> Did you have like, you know, how you could sort of think, you know, what it's gonna it's gonna work out. I'm doing this because it's gonna work out. Did you have those feelings, like you, you really believed that it was gonna work out, or you or, or you just were taking a leap of faith? Well, when you're writing your vows and all these emotions to someone that you've never met, it's it's really emotional because you're kind of putting all your your faith and that's it, your hopes and your dreams into these words. And it was really weird to do that. But you kind of had to be emotional and, and let yourself out and, and be vulnerable and be honest. So, yeah, I think it would have been really, obviously it would have been upsetting if it didn't work because I went in there completely for the right reasons, purely just to find love. Um and it was really magical because I really meant those words on the day when I when I married him. And when we were on honeymoon, actually, which they didn't air on TV, but they did it like on YouTube, um, we actually re- renewed our vows because we were like, we actually really meant them that day. Let's say it again and really remember why what we said. Because in that moment, I've been married twice now. You don't remember anything like it's such a whirlwind. So we're like, let's do it again. <laughs> it really is a moment of like you just don't know what's going on. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. It was I feel very very fortunate, and and now I'd, it's how I met, you know, 
the one, which is crazy. And how amazing for everybody else to watch it as well, because everybody wants to find that fairy tale story and to, you know, to be attached to it, I guess, as a viewer. So I was on a dating show back here in the UK when I was 21 years old, took a leap of faith, went to Mexico, thought I was going on a normal dating show. And when I got there, half of the men were gay and half of the men were straight. And I had to find out who the gay men were and ask them to leave. Oh, I remember that. It was was cool playing it straight. I didn't find the love of my life. But what, what people loved watching was the relationships and the, you know, and the connection and the fact that I was, might have found, it was a very different experience, but I imagine for you actually falling in love on screen for everybody else watching, it must've been the most magical journey. It definitely was for Georgia and I watching. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it is an amazing thing to have like channel nine actually gave Cam and I on hard drive, like the whole series to us as a gift. And I just think we're, you know, to give that to my son or our future children to be like, here you go see how mum and dad met. Like that's amazing. And it's a really, it is really, really special to 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 watch back. And I think it's so funny though when we had like our, our real wedding and we had our video photographer like do everything and when he gave it to us, we're like, oh, it looks a bit different because we're so used to everything in high definition. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that looks a bit crap. I'm like, we're so spoiled. <laughs> that going into the show is like maybe your last chance was a lot of that to do with you know you as women we feel like our body clock is ticking and you really wanted to have a family oh 100% like it's just when God created women it's like it's just shit it's like you've got you know men making babies when they're 80 years old the rolling stones and it's like and here we are we've got this window you know and that's the only thing I think as a woman like we've evolved so much in in so many different ways as women's rights but that's that one thing where you're like you've got this window and unfortunately it can make you a little cray cray um and I you know I I was never short of a date you know I had someone ask my father to marry me and I just I never wanted to settle not for you know as I said in my speech Carrie Bradshaw you know inconvenient consuming can't live without you love like I really wanted the real deal and I didn't want to settle just because I wanted a family or just for some guy who wanted to marry me so um yeah, I just, I really wanted it and I wanted to make sure it was with the right person. So, yeah, and I, as a lot of women, you know, it, it is one of those things in your life where unfortunately there is that little voice when you, you know, on the other side of 30 that you think maybe it's not going to happen. And then you're like, am I okay with that? And then you're like, no, I'm not okay with that, you know. So yeah. I feel very, very fortunate that I got my dreams came true. You've just been talking about the window. And one of the things that we feel very strongly about Georgia and I is educating our daughters to say to them, you know what, if you, you know, we we, we talk growing up that there's, you know, a prince charming who's going to come along and all the fairy tales and it's going to whisk you off your feet and you're going to have this amazing family. But we're not really taught um, that, you know what, you can have a baby by yourself. You can freeze your eggs. You can take your time. You don't have to rush into things. And actually, we don't have a shelf life. It's this whole like shelf life thing, which is very frustrating now that we've got daughters. What do you you feel? Oh, I feel like that it should be marketed in, in some way that, you know what, when you are you know, 25, 27, like you, if you, you want to have a career, you want to do everything, you want to tick every single box in life, which is what I did, you know, and then you can still have that. And I think it, it should be something that is really put out there for women to be like, it's not an unacceptable, I mean, not that it's unacceptable, when so many women freeze their eggs nowadays and it's an amazing thing. And it's not, you know, I think it's very much changing that you don't, you look at a, a woman and you admire her for doing that, you know, because you're being smart because you're not letting yourself, you know, as I say, be put on the shelf and not be able to have children. Like you're making sure that you're going to get everything you want in your life. And I think that's an amazing thing to do. I've got 
a friend who um, who had a child by herself, you know, got, got a donor and did that. And it's just an amazing, inspiring story that she just wanted to have a child. So she was like, you know, I'm going to do this. And I, yeah, I hat off to her and any woman that's doing it alone. I think it's incredible. I just think yeah. it's quite amazing that we we have that fear that we can't do it by ourselves. I mean, I've mm. got, there's two or three girls in my life, some of my bestest friends actually, that haven't had a baby yet. And I, and I worry it's because there's a fear around doing it alone, but they have these incredible careers. They're like proper kick-ass women. They can do anything. And actually, because it's not instilled in us from an early age, that that is an option for us to even do. I think the fear is there. So it kind of stops us. And then it's like you're 40, 42, 43, 44, and your options are much more limited at that stage. Yeah, yeah, I think people don't always know the options until, not it's too late, but until they need to make a decision right there and then. Yes. It's like suddenly people are saying to them, oh, you know, you're, you're approaching 40, what are you going to do? And then they might only just think about it then. And then, of course, they've got to dive straight into it and also find the cash as well. Like it's not it's not a cheap process to go through, is it? No. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it amazes me. Would you have done it alone, Jules? Oh, do you know what? Like, I think I, I I would be someone that I wouldn't think. Oh, I couldn't do it. Like, I think I I would I could have. Um, I hadn't let taken my mind to that place yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just had yeah. kind of thought maybe I wouldn't have it with someone else. But yeah. you know, meeting people along the way, I I find it so admirable. And as I say, it's something that we are possible of doing by ourselves. And when you don't know any different. It's, it's the normal for you anyway. So you just adapt to it. And the only one's questions I would say to her is like, what was it like sharing those moments just by yourself? You know, like the first kick or the first, all those, those things were actually for her personally were the hardest moments because you want to share it and it's an amazing thing. So, but moving forward, she's like, I don't know any different. So this is just how I do it. So yeah. It's scary. Like I, I, when you, you, so you just asked Jules, like, would, would you have done it on your own? I don't know if I could have done it on my own. I mean, I physically, obviously, I'm sure I could. But even just parenting, you know, when your other half is away for a few days, I find really hard. (laughs) And so when I think about doing it alone, like, I mean, hats off to those people. um, But then, like you say, they don't know any, you know, you wouldn't know any difference. You would just Mm. get on and and do it. No, I totally agree with you. Like Cam and I, we very much co-parent, even though we're in a relationship together, we very much co-parent our son, which, you know, it's the we 50, 50, everything. And I'm really fortunate to have you know a husband that does that and some people do say to me oh you're 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 really lucky and it's like well I would joke and say I'd imagine his mates don't say to him oh you're so lucky that Jules does that for you like you had a baby this is your role as well as mine and Mm -hmm. that's how it should be looked we're both parents and we both do our do our part and I'm with you like I I couldn't I could do it like I'm a woman I'm strong I could do it but god it's easy with someone else by your side yeah helping yeah exactly someone else to do the dirty nappies and the and the nights <laughs> you, yeah. it's your turn you go uh, let's take um let's take our listeners back to the moment that you decided to have a baby with Cam and the moment that you found out so Cam was a little bit hesitant because he's a little bit younger than me and I was a bit like you don't know if these things will happen like you know we may try for a little bit so I think we started a little bit earlier than like I did think it was going to come with a fight and that's because doctors, people brainwashing, you know, your geriatric, you, you know, it's going to take a while, you know, all that stuff, had my eggs tested. And so I kind of led in with a little bit of fear, which was really silly of me because I'm a big believer in manifestation. And I did spend 12 months before manifesting January, I'm going to be pregnant, I'm going to be pregnant, I'm going to be pregnant. 
and I did. Like I know this doesn't work wow. for everyone, wow. but I really did put my heart and soul into manifesting that. But I also did feel like it was going to come with a fight, you know, that I knew I was going to get pregnant, but I wasn't sure how long it was going to take. Um, so I think I just kind of got Cam over his fear. <laughs> I was like, come on, it might take us a year. <laughs> anyway, within two months I was I was pregnant and I actually was – I just, you in your gut, you just know, like I just knew and just did the test and did another test and it was just amazing. It was an incredible experience to just, I was with him at the time actually and, yeah, that was it. Then we went to the doctors again and I'm like, is this really happening? And it was just a, a really lovely moment to, I don't know, just, and I did a little shout out on Instagram actually eventually when I shared it and just said this is to all the women who are my age, like keep believing, keep believing that it's going to happen for you because I really, like I got really emotional, I'm makes emotional now, I did think I had a fight on my hands and I didn't. Yeah. Like it just, and I know everyone's stories are different and everyone has different circumstances and different health, but um, I really was led to believe by doctors and having my eggs tested that, oh, you've got a slim chance of this happening. So Yeah, I, yeah, I the same, Jules. They told me yeah. I'd never get yeah. pregnant naturally. So remember, George, and it was yeah. like four months later we were pregnant. I didn't think it was ever going to happen for us. Yeah, It's so yeah. good for people to hear those positive stories because yeah. even if you are being told, you know, it's not going to happen naturally, your chances are very low, I think it helps people have that hope. Totally. Okay, but if it happened for them, it could happen for me. And Absolutely. We all, oh gosh, when, when people are trying to conceive, all we ever say to them is just relax, just relax. And of course, that's like the hardest thing you can possibly do. To be do. fair, <laughs> I was launching Figure at that time and I found out the day that I was going into my first body positivity campaign like meeting all my ambassadors and I do believe that launching that was probably my saving grace because it wasn't getting pregnant wasn't actually the forefront of my mind like it really yeah. was like the last thing on my mind you had another baby going on yeah, yeah it was a distraction yeah. <laughs> my first baby was born that's for sure how did you oh. feel about your body going through pregnancy and and let's talk about the moment that you know you delivered the baby and you know and, and that moment afterwards, because we, we both have our own stories around that as well. Okay, so getting yeah. pregnant, like I, I loved it. Like I really loved watching my body change. Looking back on it, having a COVID pregnancy definitely has its perks, but it definitely has its cons as well, which was looking back, I feel in my life at that point, I just, there was a lot of paparazzi around and a lot of those articles turned into about my body and being pregnant and emotional and, you know, it's not about being strong when you've got that many hormones running around, like you just react in different ways. And I just kind of couldn't deal with the about being about my body. So I just ended up not really going out very much and then lockdown happened and I'd look at my footsteps and I'd be like doing nothing and I just wasn't very mobile. And that's one thing I think getting pregnant next time again when that happens that I'm going to really make that conscious effort to be really physical when I get pregnant because, you end up feeling like the Tin Man, you know, like you're like, yeah. give me some oil, like I'm so, um, so I, I mean, as I said, the, the COVID pregnancy, the pros were like, you know, you can have a little nap whenever you want and, you know, not having to, you know, you don't have to go out, but I don't feel like I was as fit as I would have liked to have been throughout my pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've really embraced the, my body changing, um, very quickly realize that you feel like your stomach is going to fall out. And I think a lot of women, you know, like you hold your bump with this primal, you know, subconscious of protection and also like showing off your bump but also because you feel like it's going to fall out sometimes you know, when you get really pregnant <laughs> so that's in my shapewear line I created maternity figure which is obviously inspired from my baby boy um and I made shapewear to help support me but still feel nice at the same time and not put too much pressure on my bump 
But um, and then actually having my birth, I put a lot of work into getting my birth wish. I always call it a birth wish, not you know a birth plan because plans never happen, do they? So I like that. Yeah, yeah birth. Yeah. Wish. So my birth yeah. wish was natural. Um, if I got to the point where I needed drugs, I wasn't going to, you know, who cares? Like, take it if you want it. And I just thought I'd roll with it how it comes. Um, a lot of manifestation. So I did um, the, uh, oh, God, baby brain. That is definitely a thing. Um, hypnobirthing. Yeah, hypnobirthing. Um, and that was great. Cam was incredible. So we did all the classes. And you know what? It just danced our way through it. And it was an amazing experience. And I gave birth in four hours. So, oh, wow. I think Cam did more gas than me. Thing, that ring of fire. Is that, that, what's it called, George? The ring of fire. Did you get that? <laughs> It sounds fucking awful, doesn't it? But I think it's a nice thing. It's supposed you know to be a nice mean? moment. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, like when you're like nearly there and they're like, they're like, just hold. And you're like, seriously, just hold in this moment where you're like, okay, it's coming. Um, yeah, there was the towards the end. It's quite funny actually because Cam always says, got all the animals are in the room. Like you, you just get animalistic and you're like, oh. And my son does this noise where he doesn't, he's on a cry. He's like a grunter. And I'm like, I swear he got that noise from the first thing he heard in his world. <laughs> Exactly. All the animals were there. I was like lioness. Um, But it was, again, I think, yeah, I was very, very, I've been very fortunate. It was very, very lucky. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? I was thinking about our births the other day, George, weirdly, thinking about yours because we talk about them a lot. (laughs) But it's in like, we're never going (laughs) to. We're never going to experience it in any other way now. Like our, our births, we're never going to have another one. So it's like that's done now. And and both times I had the epidural, so I didn't feel that ring of fire, which we talk about. Yeah. So, but you're not missing out. Yeah, it's, it's supposed like- to be amazing, isn't it? It's supposed to be like a, ah! like Nadia Zawala, who came on the podcast, she was like, it was like the most incredible moment of her life where a baby just fell out of her. No, definitely not. I tell you what, the only reason I really (laughs) thought about the Ring of Fire was because of that podcast episode where someone named it the Ring of Fire and I literally thought to myself, oh, that's the Ring of Fire. Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was it. I I wasn't like, oh, this is the best feeling ever in the world. I think I would much rather have not felt it. No, but we're all in agreement that it's not Johnny Cash. That's not what Johnny Cash was singing about. (laughs) Right. But we hope not. <laughs> we hope not. Fine. That would be weird. No. That would be really that weird. That would be weird, yeah. So no, it's- you had an incredible birth and then you took your son home. And how was that? Because I guess your whole relationship was, you know, in the public eye and you said the paparazzi were around when your body was changing. Did you feel pressure to share, you know, those first few weeks with everyone? No, it didn't actually. Um, we got home and there was paparazzi here and they were like I cam went nuts because they were like flash 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 I'm like, we're literally bringing a newborn home They're in the dark house. yeah and it was just it was so bang out of order and cam was like if you really testosterone flying he was like if you wake my baby up you'll know about it so anyways that was a bit of crap that was and the thing is it happened so much in my life before but it really got me like I was shaking like just you know this little baby and I'm trying to hold him in this yeah. you know in my arms and bring him in and so that was a little bit scary. No, I didn't. I didn't feel the need to share it. I mean, we did. We were on the cover of Who magazine for it, and only for the reason of you know what people wanted to see it. And it is, as we we're saying before, when people come up to me in the street and women grab me, and I'm like, oh my god, do I know you? You know, they feel like they know me, and they just say, you've given me faith that I'm going to find the one. Yeah. I'm going to get what I want. Like that to me, like no matter how many times I hear it, just makes me so happy. And if that's what I've done in this world, then 
that's great. So, mm. um, you know, and it was beautiful to share Ollie, you know, and to to share that for for just for that reason that people wanted to see. It. And it is beautiful how many people have been just invested in in our relationship. Yeah. And we, we, we wanted to talk to you about body positivity today because we know that that is a conversation that you, you know, you feel very passionate about that you've obviously yeah. launched your lingerie, um, you know, it's, it's all around that. So just kind of, did you go through a journey of not feeling so body positive and, you know, what yeah. the relationship is like now with your body? Being a 90s, you know, woman, I think that generation ignited a lot of women who never felt they were good enough because they weren't skinny enough because it was just like the supermodel wave and everything like, kind of was the look. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think I, I, when I was younger, not I think I did go through a stage where, you know, you only kind of felt like you could make it in the world if you were really thin. And obviously getting a little bit older, I got curvy and I've just always em- embraced my curves and I've always loved fashion and, and dressing my body up. And I never second guessed myself as I got into my 30s and became comfortable within who I am and just kind of knew who I was and knew who I wasn't. So, but going on such a big platform of a TV show, you know, you're very much put on a platform for, for judgment. So I remember when the TV ad came out and it was an amazing ad and I didn't speak in, or I did do like a voiceover, but there was so many comments online about my body and the way that I looked, even before I spoke, before people could actually judge me for my character. I was already judged for my body and I just oh, yeah. was like, whoa, like it was just so full on. And and for that to happen, you know, I always say it's like an explosion of a night you can't prepare for because it's just like coming from everywhere. So mm-hmm. to go on that platform, I really had to, I guess, really present myself in a way and be like, okay, I like who I am. I'm okay with myself and I'm going to dress my body however I want. And you know what, if you don't like that, it's not my problem. So like, I just really had to step into my own empowerment to be like, all right, this is, this is a big thing, you know, <laughs> that people are going to be coming at you every morning telling you who you are. Um, so coming off the back of the show, I did get trolled and, you know, body shamed and I was fat and I was this and I was that. And, but on the other hand, as I was saying, I had so many women reach out to me to be like, you remind me of me. Like you, you you know, you represent me and it's so great to see a curvy woman on TV in a reality show, which, you know, kind of generally kind of isn't really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going back three years ago now. So um, I think that's changed quite uh, quite a bit. But so mm-hmm. from that, and that was just so beautiful to, to read all these comments and, you know, I love your confidence. I wish I could dress like you, I have a body like yours. So I put it all together. And also thinking at the dinner parties, I'd have to take off my whole outfit to go to the toilet because I had shapewear on. And I always liked putting a microphone pack We've on the back been of it. <laughs> Yeah, taking the whole thing off. And when you've eaten food, to try and get it back on. Not, not, not clever. Oscar, shouting for the talcum powder. Bring it in to the downstairs loo. <laughs> Having a Ross from Friends moment, yeah. So from that and that experience, thinking I could make a more seamless, you know, motion of, you know, going out and put, having shapewear on, going to the toilet. Um, and putting all that messaging together, I just I created Figure, so a really empowering body positivity brand, which represents that it whatever age size you are, we can all feel and look amazing in our clothes. So that was that's how Figure was created, really, and because shapewear to me has always felt like a bit of a superpower. Like I put it on and I strut. Yeah. You know, being a hairdresser for so many years, people would walk in, you give them. a amazing blow dry and they strut out I'm like shapewear is like a blow dry for the bum you put it on you strut you know so you just it feels something and so some people is a tool for confidence for me it you know it makes me feel great but it also accentuates my shape some fashion looks better on shapewear because it makes the material sit better so there's so many reasons why people love shapewear so 
creating this brand with a really strong message was really important. Um, and I used the general public as my model. So I had thousands of women apply. I've had loads of women from the UK apply actually to be ambassadors too. Oh, and wow, what, really? Yeah. So I have them share their story and obviously I have, you know, from size 8 to 24 and they share their story. So for me it's I want women to see themselves in reflection to feel connection with these women and be like, you know, we're all the same. We're all battling the same things. We all want to feel good and we all want to look good and we've all got a right to do that. So that's how Figure was made and I've just done my second campaign, which is called Amplified. And, yeah, so I officially want to launch, like officially launch in the UK as soon as possible. And so I've had um, hundreds, not thousands, yet hundreds of UK women apply to to be part of the figure tribe, as I call it. So it's been amazing. And I know that there is a bit of a, you know, contradiction between shapewear and body positivity. But to me, I don't think there is. You know, body positivity in me is about knowing what you got, working what you got and loving yourself unconditionally, no matter if you're not whatever perfect is, you know, you just yeah. like, this is my body and I'm going to shape it and make it look as great as it can and make myself feel good. So um, I always say I'm bulletproof when it comes to that because I'm like, hit me with it. I'll, I'll have a defense for it. So, Do you know what I really love? The fact that you have got the shapewear for you know, a maternity shapewear range, because I think quite often when you're, you know, you, you, ha you have a bump, you're almost sort of put into a little compartment where you want to cover it up and you want to, you sort of, you know, it's all florals and baggy and everything. Whereas yeah. actually some people feel really sexy with a bump and they yeah. want to, they want to have the shapewear. And I love that, that you've thought about that and you've yeah. thought, you know, lots of people when they are pregnant want Want to still wear their shapewear totally feel, like you're going like, to a wedding oh, and you yeah. want to feel put together and I just the shapewear when I was pregnant just made me feel put together and supported um so yeah that yeah so and I think I wouldn't have been able to create them so well without being pregnant and knowing and knowing yeah. that feeling as well mm. um so yeah, just, that's, that's amazing figure. Jules I think as I was, I was saying that I think your voice is so important in this space mm. and I think especially you know for for younger girls kind of growing up and looking for those role models that you know there, there's not really enough done like you said growing up in the 90s same for me I just saw these supermodels and I had a model yes. who a, mo a mother who was a model I went on a tv show and everyone's writing that I was plump and that I was fat and I was only a size 10 and it yeah, triggered my crazy. eating disorder you know it was like I've spoken about that publicly before that I just at 21 I just wasn't equipped you know yeah. those are the those are the moments in our life where we really need to see people speaking out about it that it's how mm. you feel it's not about how you look it's not about what, what's represented all the time in the media that there are different shapes and sizes different colors different backgrounds they're just yeah. I can't believe we're still having to beat this drum but we really are really really loudly yes really no, definitely so and it's it's amazing and I've just have so much gratitude for the say the women get it they get what I'm trying yeah. to uh, to to do with it and it's just from turning that little bit of pain into purpose and and making it into something that's um just growing and and it's yeah incredible Absolutely. oh so i can't wait to, oh we want to be your uk ambassadors <laughs> me too yeah. so other, than, other than launching in the uk what's next for the brand and you <laughs> oh so um i'm actually uh, a bit of an exclusive here i'm launching my fashion label very soon so, Yay! Really oh, you're going to tell us you're pregnant again oh, then. Oh, no, so did I. Okay, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually recent. I'm currently doing Jenny Craig at the moment only because um, 
Well, there's a few things. Like I was saying before, like when you're pregnant and you bump and stuff, I actually did like my sexiest photo shoot I've ever done when I was like nine months fully What's Jenny pregnant. Craig? What's Jenny Craig? Sorry. Oh, Jenny Craig is a weight loss thing. So okay. what I'm ah. saying, I'm going back to when you were saying about wanting to shove your bump. So I felt amazing. Like I felt really beautiful and I did this quite sexy photo shoot when I was pregnant. And it's funny because I feel like you glorify the pregnant body so much, you know, and then yeah, you have you this do. baby and women feel like, oh, I should cover up because I've got like stretch marks that I call it tiger stripes because you're a lioness. And, you know, you felt like you should cover up this. So I actually recreated the photo shoot from when I was nine months pregnant when then it was like nine months in, nine months out. And I had obviously the rolls on the side and the cellulite and everything like that. But I just wanted to do it for myself as well because it's a big adjustment. Like, hands up. It is. It is. You're like, I'm body confident. But you look at your boobs, you look at your everything, and you're like, okay, it's really changed. And it takes – you've got to go deep into yourself and go, okay, yeah. be grateful. Your body has given you the gift of having a baby, all that. Like, it doesn't really matter. You know, like you're alive, you're well, you're healthy, and just feel good. So so I did that for myself, and I did that also to, you know, I guess inspire other women and um, – it's amazing how many um, the women who did my photos said that like people, women go in and go, I want that, like I want that photo. So, which is really, really cool. But I did put on 20 kilos from say when I gave birth and then I had Ollie and then within the next eight months, I crept back up to what I was when I gave birth. So I put on 20 kilos, which is working from home, full-time business, full-time mum. And it's a very familiar story that happens with so many new mums because you get put on the back burner. Um and I've just started yeah. Jenny Craig. I've lost 16 kilos, so I've got four to go to my goal. Um, and I've just been very open about it. And obviously, you know, people being a bit like, oh, your body positivity, you're, you know, contradicting yourself. It's like I'm not. Like I'm about feeling healthy and good. Yeah, and I, I put on 20 kilos and I want to have another baby and I don't want to get pregnant again and put on another 20 kilos because that's what will happen. So, um, yeah, so I'm on, on that journey back to feeling how I was at, before having a baby. And, yeah, I feel, I feel really good. It's great. Yeah. Zoe and I have actually spoken about this before. There's been, like, a huge shift in diet culture, as in maybe five years ago or six years ago. It was absolutely fine to say, I'm dieting because I want to lose weight and I want to look a certain way. But yeah. now, like you say – People say that you're not body body positive if yeah. you say, you know what, I actually want to, I want to lose a few lose a bit kilos. Of weight. Yeah, yeah, it's like body positive is not being overweight. It's not about being overweight. It's no. about feeling good wherever you are, whatever stage in your life. And for me, it's a health choice because as I said, I feel like the Tin Man having my baby. Like I was sliding. I wasn't even walking by the end of it. And I was like, to do that again, that's 40 kilos. And it's like I know where I feel good at. And, you know, when I was – I was wearing a size 18 dress a few months ago. It was see-through. I didn't care. You know, I've gone from a size 12 to 18 in the last three years in the public eye. And no matter what size I've been, I've always been called fat. So that says to me, all that matters is how I feel about me because there's always going to be a passing comment. Even when I'm at my fittest and my healthiest and my strongest, there's always someone telling me that I'm fat. Of course there is. Of course there is. You can't be right in anyone's eyes. You're too skinny, too fat, too too this, too that. So you just got to like who you are. Exactly. You've got to love who you are. George, do you love who you are, George? I love Always. you. Always. Yeah. I love you. I love your boobs, that's for sure. Your booty t-shirt. Right? Look at her boobs. It's funny nice they pair. look like this, to be fair. Look. That'd be wonderful. We don't have a pair like that. They're so perky. So I do when my husband comes in, it's like an optical illusion. So I've got my top off already. What are you, what are you talking about? Love it. Jules, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Next time we want to have a chat with you and Cam, please. Oh, oh yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. We'd love and when, that. And when are you coming over to the UK? 
Oh, do you know what? As soon as possible, as soon as possible, I really look forward okay. to launching Figure with, a, you know, a campaign with ambassadors yeah. and, yeah, it'll be really fun. And I just, I, I love London. It's like a second home to me. So, yeah, um, And just before we go, we like to ask our guests two questions. So first off, what is the best piece of advice you would give to a new mum or the best piece of advice you've been given as a new mum? Oh, do you know what? I always say it's such an oldie but a goodie, but take help where you get it. Like where you get offered it, just take it. Like I got a snoo, like the bed that rocks and puts oh, the baby yeah. to sleep. Oh, yes. And I was reading this article and they're like, oh, it's, some women get snoo guilt because you don't pick your baby up. I'm like, snoo nah, guilt. you don't get snoo oh. guilt. This, this machine is helping me. Like it's helping me. So I always say just take it when you when you offered it, just take it, accept just the help. Take it. Yeah, I yeah. love that one. And also talking about snoos in your product list, um, do you have favorite products? that you're using in in the home with the baby so can you give us your top five or top or five I think they change as your baby changes age but currently at the moment it's still um Ollie was formula fed from about two months so I got a jiffy bottle warmer and it fits the pigeon bottle on top and it warms up the water to like the milk to 45 37 degrees perfectly it is a life changer especially at like two o'clock in the morning when you've got a newborn that's screaming nice. so there's that Do you know what? i think in the uk there's a version exactly the same by a brand called newbie so those yes. listening in the uk there is a version of that yeah that you're talking it's about so in the UK. good yeah. um wriggle bum at the moment which is a strap that goes on his change table that you literally lock him in like he's you know He's been. Um, Ooh, we don't know about this. Wriggle yeah, bum. a wriggle bum. It's an Australian lady and created it. So you just put them on, strap them in. So it's like these being sectioned, basically. But it's like so he cannot <laughs> roll off that table. So um, that so Lovekins. Um, I'm an ambassador for Lovekins, which is an Australian beautiful brand. It's all native native ingredients. Um, amazing nappies. Like they don't leak at all. So Lovekins is definitely up there. Obviously, my snoo and what would be my last favourite baby thing? The Bibs Dummies, though, that glow in the dark. They're awesome. And for me... What's your favourite lipstick? Because you've got amazing lipstick on. Oh, thank you. Um, This is Revlon. So, yeah, I got made the face of Revlon lipstick, which is just amazing because there was another moment in time where it just really signified to me it's not about being supermodel anymore. It's about what you stand for and what you believe in. So that, for me, I was a real moment. I was like, this is awesome. So, yeah, Revlon. Um, Revlon was the first foundation I used. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I still love it. Like, it just does what it says on the tin, right? So, yeah. Um, Revlon, I love the on fire. So I, I, I call it girl on fire. It's called 007. It's like hot red. That's my favorite. Nice. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so um, much. Jules Robinson, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've been an absolute superstar. Come back soon. Thank you for having me. It just makes you believe in love. I mean, look, if you're happily married, then, you know, hopefully you believe in it already. <laughs> but if you're not, it's like, you know what? Love can happen wherever, whenever, at any point. And I love that. I love the story between the two of them. And I also love how body positive she is and really what like an inspiration she is in that in that in that area and you know what she's really taken like the whole thing in her stride like when she said that there are paparazzi outside her house when they got back from the hospital like can you imagine literally going from you know just I think she had a salon didn't she Mm. she wouldn't have been in the public eye to finding your husband having a baby yeah. and then having paparazzi outside your door like it just shows like how big that show is yeah. but also like what that's a lot to get your head around yeah. when I thought about that I thought wow like you don't you know even big celebrities in this country that doesn't happen like there, there wouldn't be paparazzi outside their door nope. when they bring their baby home nope. it seems it's like literally royalty yeah. and like mega mega stars it happens to but also I think that's the thing is that it's not about 
you know, you and I know what that feeling is like. Forget about how you look, but that feeling that you feel when you get mm. back from the hospital or if you've had a home birth, you know, when you sort of step out your house for the first time. And, it, you know, there's so much going on mentally, internally, physically, that actually the last thing you feel like doing is having to, you know, somebody, well, probably more than one people, the paparazzi standing there taking photos of you. So for her to come out of that and actually say, yeah, do you know what? I'm now going to become the person that kind of is the go-to for, mm. you know, feeling really great. And actually it doesn't matter. Just, just yeah. like believe in your own strength that you are enough and you know it's really powerful I thought she was really powerful yeah I did she just seems I mean she's just loving life it's actually really nice to listen to somebody who hasn't you know like we hear so much like if you've been on a reality show like sort of the the, the negatives of it and and it you know the, the pressure but she seems to be using her sort of presence and you know her audience for good so mm. she's like taking that opportunity she's she, you know she in her personal life is amazing it's mm. turned around for her it's been brilliant but also as a woman she's doing amazing you know great things for all of us yeah and sort of trying to be a role model I really I mean yeah I really like yeah and also I think she she said that she was looking for some UK ambassadors wasn't she so yes please if you're up for it oh I wasn't thinking of you and me but I'm keen for it if you are George um I mean actually yeah you say that I'm not so sure but anyone listening get in touch touch with Jules yeah exactly as always we would absolutely love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and also if you do have a chance to follow us that would be fantastic as well Um, and also keep sending in your photographs of where you're listening to the podcast because we love seeing those yeah please do we actually had one this morning all the way from Cambodia which is so nice you know that we're sort of spreading our wings and getting you know you can listen anywhere that's the thing isn't it about this podcast Um, so yeah and also if there are any guests you know from across the world that we might not know about but you think have amazing stories then please do send your suggestions via dm and we'll go through it we're on at made by mummers on instagram and we'll be back on friday yeah and talking of guests vogue williams has announced that she is pregnant with her (gasps) third baby she made the announcement yesterday so i think it's time to get vogue back on yeah definitely brilliant yeah we'll see you friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.